All right, welcome back. Media Days here at the North American International Auto Show. It's good to have you. And look, when you get here, it's you're going to see a lot of new stuff. You're going to see some stuff that you've heard about. And I think it is starting to change the perception on where we are going in the future. I think once you start talking to these folks that are really knowledgeable about the products that you're going to see here, um, it's going to be very difficult for you to gloss over it or look past it. Um, Very excited. Tony Posselwatz is here, the CEO of Fermeta Energy. How are you? Chris? Nice to see you. It is great to be seen as a native Detroiter. Uh, it's it's great to see the energy around this show, and I think as you indicated, Chris, we're going to electrify some people here very soon. Yeah, it, it, how has this show changed? I mean, obviously, there's the there's so many interactive components to this show that we've seen since it, it came back post COVID. How has this show evolved over the years? You've been to a lot of them. I have been to a lot of them, and usually I was here with a winter coat in January. Yeah, boots and slush outside. And then the guys at CES uh, invite you out to Vegas, and the auto guys seem to like that. But uh, (laughs) the show in the past um, was always a premier event, and we're trying to reinvent ourselves here at the Detroit Show. What I think is wonderful is the ability to test drive these electric vehicles. We can hear tires squealing in the background, so people are understanding the beauty and the excitement of instantaneous torque, and I think that's an exciting part of the new well, show. We were talking a little bit before we got on, and and I, you know, for people that may 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 not be ready to make that jump to EV, or are, you know, cautiously optimistic, or are just completely pessimistic about it. If you haven't been in one, it's hard to describe. It's hard to explain that torque. It's hard to explain how quiet they are. You get here, you try one of these things out. I mean, look, you don't know what happens. Chris, it it is the future, but it is the future now. And there's so many interesting choices. You can get the full electric. You can realize and experience the fun, the smoothness, the instantaneous torque. I mean, the 0 to 60 times are incredible. But there are also variants like plug-in hybrids. Mm That give you sometimes up to 40 or 50 miles of range. I spent some time years back at General Motors leading the Chevrolet Volt program. Yep. I can't believe now that that's 13 years ago from when we launched it. But that ushered in, I believe, the new era for a lot of people. And so the, the great news story is there's a lot of choices in electric vehicles. And get your butt in a seat and you'll be changed forever. And the charging is getting better. The infrastructure is getting better. The, the range is getting better. So all the anxieties that people may have, and maybe justifiably so, I, I think that we are going to start getting answers to those. Now, you, you talked about leading the Volt team when you were at General Motors. You were at Fisker for a long time, Lucid recently. You've been in the game for a long time. And when you were back in the mid-2000s, late 90s, whatever it was, did you see the future going electric? Was there an opportunity to pivot somewhere? How, how did you, if you were look, had to have looked in your crystal ball, if you think about it back then, where did you see the, the future of the automotive industry? Chris, when I had the opportunity to lead the Volt program and get involved in some of the GM's electrification efforts, I had a good, strong feeling that this was going to be the future. Now, the path that we've gone through has been quite interesting, and obviously you referenced you know, some of the challenges externally with COVID and the like. But when you experience the vehicle, understand that you will be using domestically produced energy and electricity, the efficiencies and the like. And as you stated, Chris, when people drive the vehicle, 
there, there is an element of love that occurs. Yes. So we want to encourage people to do that. And then as, as we build in the infrastructure, as, as CEO of Fermata Energy, I've taken my experience in cars, batteries, charging, working with utilities, software, and other innovations. And we've pulled that all together and, and it said, hey, wouldn't you like to make money with your car when it's parked and plugged in? Because electric vehicles have not yet you know, achieved an economic point of view where they're quite for everyone. Right. And let's talk about Fermata. Uh, you're the CEO there now. And, and this is a company, you mentioned it briefly, the, the vehicle to everything company is how you guys describe yourselves. Expand on that. What does that mean, vehicle to everything? Well, you have a big battery in these vehicles. You've paid for that big battery. And with all the electric vehicles out there, that's a lot of energy storage that's available. And so we at Fermata Energy have thought, my goodness, if we can tap into that asset and allow people to save money, to make money, to store solar energy, to store wind power, it gives them so much more freedom and it gives them the opportunity to uh, economically make the electric vehicle viable and, in fact, even make money. Last summer, we deployed some vehicles. They happened to be Nissan Leafs. And in one region in New England, we made $4,000 in electric savings, electricity savings with one vehicle. And we started thinking to in ourselves, just over the summer. Oh, my gosh. And if you, if you start breaking that down into monthly payments, that's kind of paying the car for you. So that's why we think the promise in the future of electric vehicles and vehicle-to-grid, vehicle-to-everything that Fermata Energy brings is so powerful, and it, it's, it's something that we want people to stay tuned to. So th- then how far do you take this? How, how, what, other, what other avenues are there? for this type of storage and then essentially resale of the energy. Yeah, what's fascinating is it's kind of like an Airbnb model. Yeah. You have an expensive asset you hardly use, and you can choose when you put it into the marketplace. Mm -hmm. What's really fascinating and interesting is there's a lot of interesting applications. So take a school bus. If you electrify a school bus, make it safer, less polluting for our kids and stuff, that has a very big battery. But we know exactly when it's used. And when it's idle and available, and that battery storage can be available to power buildings, to take care of many, many needs, and to make money and save money for school districts. Does this also then cut down on the maybe the wear and tear that the grid would feel once more and more people go electric? Absolutely, Chris. You, you, you raised an important point. If you have a bunch of electric vehicles and you're plugging them in at the, at the same time, we've seen stories from Texas and California where the grid sometimes has a little challenge. Mm-hmm. But if you can pick and choose based on the software platform we're using at Vermont Energy to decide when to charge, when to discharge, and when to provide that resiliency that the grid needs, some of these issues never would have happened. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's the wave of the future in that why not use that energy storage smartly? We have stationary storage that's being used today to capture solar and wind. And uh, the automotive energy storage is going to be huge when you look at how many vehicles are being sold. And Fermata Energy intends to be a big part of that. In terms of the partnership with maybe bigger companies, the automotive, the OEMs, how valuable would it be to have that type of technology in their repertoire and, and partnering with some of these other companies and, and uh, you know, I think when, you, when, you're, when you're packaging it together, I think that makes it, you know, even more appealing to people. 
Absolutely, Chris. Uh, we are working with a number of auto manufacturers right now. We have uh, um, publicized our relationship with Nissan, but we intend to share more of those relationships going forward. And why it's of advantage to the OEMs is if your product offers this ability to make hundreds of dollars per month and the competitor does not, it gives you an advantage. Uh, I have heard stories that people will buy the car because it has CarPlay and they won't buy one that doesn't. So we think that could be an analogous situation. And and in this case, hundreds of dollars that could equate to your car payment, vehicle-to-grid technology that Vermont Energy can bring uh, is going to be very advantageous to the OEMs that use it and have it as well as the customers, whether they be a fleet customer or somebody that is is residential and just wants backup power. I I know you guys are based in Charlotte, um, but you talked about Detroit born and raised. You guys do a lot here still, don't you? Absolutely. We we have a a presence in New Lab in the new uh, Michigan Central Station. Yeah. And uh, many of the autos are here. I, I still reside here. And uh, it's why I'm here at the show. It's a great show, and we want to spread the the message that electric vehicles can be even more positive than zero emission because they can power other things, make money for you, and save money for you. i got 20 seconds left here. How is AI still involved in the future? Well, we we have a software platform at Fermata Energy that allows you to predict your loads in the buildings, schedule the best times, the optimal times, for you to, to discharge your battery and make the most money economically possible. The future is very exciting. Tony Posawatz with Fermata Energy. Good Thank to you. see you. Thank you, Chris. Got to take a break. More next.